A florist's world is filled with big-budget, Instagram-worthy moments, leaving so many florists feeling inadequate or discouraged because this isn't the type of work that they're attracting. But the bigger issue I see florists struggle with is being overwhelmed and exhausted and frankly, counting down the days till the end of wedding season. If you are struggling keeping up with the day-to-day -day details of your business like proposals, ordering product, client meetings, and then getting this week's wedding done, all while trying to balance kids, a day job, self-care, and whatever else gets thrown your way, I'm Jenny Beck, and I am going to help you feel so much lighter in your business. I believe that today you can start to change your business and your life, and I'm here to help. I used to struggle with pricing. Everyone needed a deal because I felt like that was the path of growing my business. But in the end, I was needing to do more and more weddings and my calendar filled up with uninspiring work. I came to a point I couldn't do it anymore. Through coaching, courses, masterminds, and a lot of self-work, that has all changed. I feel creatively inspired, have the resources to work on my business and not constantly in my business, all while making impactful money, being a more present mom, and feeling balance in my life and business. Whether this is your side hustle, your mom hustle, or your everyday hustle, this podcast is the place for all the juicy details of creating a business you adore. Flower friend, my name is Jen, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, flower friends. This is Jen, and you are listening to the Floral Hustle Podcast. Today, I want to talk about not getting in front of more couples or more brides. I want to talk about maximizing your opportunity with the couples, brides, um, or whoever you're serving. How can we maximize that opportunity so that we are closing more of those weddings at a higher percentage rate? And I'm going to talk to you about five ways that I think are, are great strategies to really um, help accomplish that. So to start out with, first, if you are meeting with people right away and you're not doing any pre-qualification, that's really going to hurt your what I call your closing percentage. I know that HoneyBook and some of the other CRMs out there right now, and CRM means Customer Relationship Manager. So it literally uh, funnels all of your information in from your um, inquiries. And then you can move it along in stages, often depending on the software. And what that does is it actually helps you see the leads that you came in, that came in, what stage you got to with them, and how many out of those leads that you actually closed. So that number is your closing ratio or closing percentage. And how that matters is it you can tell a lot of things by that closing um, percentage. You can tell, okay, potentially, am I not attracting the right client? Am I priced too high? You can also tell if you're priced too low. Uh, is the amount or volume, you can actually then track of that amount or volume of leads. Uh, compared to even your last year at this exact time, it just can give you so much good data. But if you don't have a fancy CRM, 
which you don't need one in my opinion, but it could be helpful if you are someone that kind of thrives with that type of organization. You literally could track this yourself in an Excel spreadsheet uh, or some similar uh, tool. So the, with pre-qualifying them, there's a couple things that you can do. Obviously, you're asking the right questions from your, your form that you, you know, originally have them fill out to submit an inquiry to you to the reply questions that get you, um, you know, the additional information that you need to really understand their wedding. And then making that determination from that point. So many florists will just say, okay, I got to lead. I'm so excited. I'm going to just, you know, I, there's just all this excitement because they just, they want to do a wedding. But what I do is I step back, especially after I send my round of questions and I hear back, I think, is this a wedding that I want to do? And that's based on several things. Their Pinterest board, the budget, if they did not include it in the initial inquiry form. And when they give me an idea, because I actually ask how many guests they're inviting and how many bridesmaids they're having as well, because that gives me a really good idea of the volume of things. But I also ask, what is one of the main things that they want to accomplish with their floral budget? And the reason why I ask that is anything that is bigger or more impactful from a flower perspective, I'm usually going to hear about it in that question. You don't always have someone going on and on about some crazy ceremony installation or potentially a hanging installation or, you know, some crazy cake installation. You don't usually hear about those things until your actual consultation, unless you are asking that exact question. What is most important for me? Because that thing, that item has probably been stewing in their mind and is loaded in their Pinterest board, which then when I ask for their Pinterest board link, I'm usually going to see, huh, it looks like you have tons of, you know, whatever type of photo in there. And are you looking for a, you know, hanging installation? Are you looking for a disco ball installation, which is I've seen so many times recently? So that gives you the opportunity to just kind of get a really good foundation of what they're looking for. But then I want to return the favor. And I did an episode on this. I think it was right in the beginning, episode one, about not being ghosted by um, couples. And that is I've given them my brochure. I have given them my brochure with all of that information um, that I went through in that episode. But mainly, I'm giving them pricing guidance. I then am writing in my email, I have attached my brochure that will give you a feel for my two offerings because I have full service and a la carte. And it will help you understand um, how the flowers that you're needing will fit together from a budget perspective. So I'm just pushing that over to their court and just saying, okay, if you want to, you know, just do a little due diligence and look and see, okay, I have this many items, I have this many bridesmaids, and they can just do a quick calculation. I, I have seen several florists recently that are having some type of calculator on their website so people can plug that in as well. I see this working really well by giving them my brochure 
they're learning about me because for one, I have an about me page on there. They're learning about my process because I have two pages, a la carte and full service that break down how this whole process works from start to finish. And so it really gives them all the information that they kind of maybe were wondering right up front. And then from there, I am saying, if my brochure looks in line with your budget. So if they didn't give me a budget quite yet, or depending on the items that they want, maybe they haven't disclosed that they need 21 corsages and 19 boutonnieres, they can have that information at their fingertips and start to figure it out. Then my my next thing after I've gone through, I did my consultation. I am going to build rapport during that consultation. I'm going to build rapport in the email. So many floors are just focusing on that this person wants numbers. I'm giving them numbers ahead of time. I'm giving them numbers right away so that I am not having to deal with being super focused on numbers during our consultation. I want to focus on understanding their vision, listening to them talk about that vision, and really focusing on the words that they are using in describing their vision. Because those words that they are using to describe are hot button words for them. So if you carry those through to your proposal because you listened, you paid attention, I then have ammunition to deliver exactly what they have been dreaming about since they were little. If they are saying, I want um, a... Pacific Northwestern theme, and seriously, I've had two of these. I'm going to put on my my proposal deck lush Pacific Northwestern theme or inspiration wedding. If they are saying enchanted forest, I've had those two. If they are saying modern romance, I'm putting those words, I'm grabbing those words out. But then I'm also getting to know them during that consultation and in the emails. I'm asking them questions like, oh, where did you come up with that idea? It's such a fun, I, you know, it's such a fun and it's just a beautiful photo that you found for the inspiration. Like, where did that whole thing come up with? Then I'm learning about their also their thought process of why they picked certain things. I'm asking them about how they got engaged, how long they've been together. Uh, you know, just like that basic rapport building. And then in the consultation, I am dropping in little seeds of confidence that I'm going to deliver a amazing wedding. So when they're going through, oh yeah, I have done that um, a, a bunch of times before. So I feel really confident with that. I then am going to say, if I worked at their venue before, I'm going to use instances of working at their venue and processes or things that happened while I was at that venue to build proof that I am up to the challenge, I can take care of their wedding, and I have this extensive experience dealing with their venue. That could be even as simple as when you're talking about and their ceremony Um, We have a venue called Machine Shop here in Minneapolis that's this old historic building, but it's absolutely stunning. 
And it has um, this beautiful bottom um, level that people can do their ceremony or they can flip it to do a reception. It has this uh, boom, which is basically like this big metal structure that can raise and lower with a button. It is one of the coolest hanging installation features I've ever seen. But sometimes people do their ceremony upstairs. So if they're getting married at Machine Shop, which is a higher end venue here in the, the Twin Cities, I would say, um, okay, are you having your ceremony downstairs and then we're doing a room flip? Or are you planning on utilizing the upstairs ceremony area um, you know, during your thing? So I am asking a question, but at that time, I'm also proving I have experience with your venue and I know all of these inner workings of this venue. So you can really just, you're just planting little seeds. I'm familiar. I can take care of you. And then, oh, I, I also near the end of my consultation, I said, I don't know how much you paid attention to like the about me on your, um, your visit to my website, but I, I just want to tell you a little bit about me just to make you feel at ease in this process. I literally have been a florist for over 25 years. I've done over 16 weddings or 1,600 weddings, so nothing is going to surprise me. And um, I've worked with your venue before, so I real I feel very confident in executing your wedding. So you would have absolutely no worries. And then I also, if for some reason they've mentioned a planner, they've mentioned a photographer that I have worked for work with, you know, one, two, maybe even a dozen times, I will then say, and I think it's just amazing because I have worked with your planner before and we just have such a great relationship. So you are just planting little seeds that you are the right choice. You are the right decision in their floral journey. Next thing that I want to talk about is now you need to deliver. You've listened to all of those words that they're talking about. You've provided them some pricing guidance. You've built that rapport. You've listened to all the little ins and outs of their wedding. Now it's time to deliver an experience with your proposal that other florists aren't going to deliver because you paid attention. You listened to those descriptive words they're using. You've honed in on even the photos. Like I literally will go on their Pinterest board if they've sent me a link and I will ask them, every picture on here is absolutely stunning. Which photo is your absolute favorite of your bouquets? Because a lot of times brides will pin like 10 bouquets and you're just like, I don't know which one's their favorite. So I will ask them, and that is the image I will use in my proposal. I won't go and just pick like 10 of them and just put all 10 in because that's for one a little overwhelming. And then people are going to be confused what you're actually delivering. But if they have even a couple, like two, I will take those two and I will write a descriptive uh, little blurb on how the essence of these bouquets will be combined, and then I will grab some flower choices that are, or flower concept choices of potential blooms based on the seasonality. And if it is like 
if I was doing a September wedding and their inspiration p- picture had dahlias, um, it's dahlia season in Minnesota and I will try to buy lush local dahlias or, you know, some little descriptive because then you're also planting seeds of like, oh, they're buying locally. Uh, they uh, are going to go and search out. I will tell people during my consultations to also, because there was so much scarcity around getting flowers, I will mention to them that I work with a myriad of flower farmers that I have close relationships with that I absolutely just love their product. I will talk about the local growers co-op that we actually have here in Minnesota. If those are things like if you hear them say that sustainability is important to them, like listening to all those descriptive words, again, like I'm going to talk about that in my proposal. I'm going to use the language they use. I'm going to use their favorite photos. I'm going to also, which I want to talk about next, is I'm going to offer if I think that they have really big dreams but potentially their budget isn't matching up. But I don't, like for some reason, I'm not getting a clear reading on how far to push it. I will put price tiers of items. And it is amazing how successful this is on, for one, just closing overall business, but on increasing your average wedding. I literally have gone and put three photos of, let's just say, a circle arch with Smilex greenery around it filled with roses. But the first picture is a lot of green and just little pops of roses. The second one has like some big clusters going, you know, around the arch, maybe um, a a third on the bottom right of the arch. But then it has maybe like four feet on the top left. And then one that goes almost all the way around. And I know it's more work to find those photos, but a lot of those photos I have saved in Canva, which is what I use for my proposals. But I literally could just re-pull those out and put them in there and say, okay, this one's going to be X price. This one is going to be X price. And this one is going to be X price. So you can choose based on your budget and the look you are trying, trying to achieve one of these. And then on my last page, I'm going to put TBD in the the arch um, line item and just put in my email reply, you know, I wanted to give you some options for your uh, arch. And so included is three different options for your arch or your ceremony feature. And if you want to let me know which one you'd like to choose, because then I'm making an assumptive statement, let me know which one you choose. That's saying that like, I'm already your florist and you're just picking something. Then I can redo the total so you know what your total investment is. Then I could do that on centerpieces. I could do that on bouquets if I wanted to. Wherever they say is important, but you are maybe have just a little worry or fear that that's going to bring you out of budget, that's where you can plant that information into having choices. I wouldn't do it on every single item on your proposal because that is going to let them get overwhelmed pretty fast. But this is a way for you to upsell into different categories 
Because if they go and price out all the bottom line things, like if they're doing the start, the, the level one of what you have proposed, maybe they're in their budget then. But they really want their ceremony to be like at that look of the third tier option. So then a lot of brides will just go or a lot of couples will go and figure out that math themselves. And then they see literally that it is above their budget, but they really want it. So they're going to stretch it. They're going to stretch at that point. So you've given them something that probably another florist hasn't because for one, you are also giving them options. In every proposal that I do, I do at least one item that has tears because I am being the flexible. I am the one offering lots of ideas. Uh, I sometimes will do this just with centerpiece options and in, in general. If they're saying that they just don't know what they want for centerpieces, I will do my, my I call it my menu, my menu of my typical centerpieces, which are already done in a, one of the proposals I did. So I usually will just copy that proposal that is similar to that. And then they can go and choose. And again, on my last page where I have my totals, I will just put centerpieces TBD, ceremony arch TBD, whatever it is. But then the last thing that I do to help really push that couple forward to making a decision is I'm putting an expiration date. I'm making sure that I'm telling them, I would absolutely love to be your florist, but since the volume of inquiries is so high right now and your date seems to be a popular one, I will put you on a hold on the date for one week. And then I'm putting this in the proposal and then on the last page where the totals are. And then I'm putting this in the email because then it's, the, it's in their court to take action. And I then will, if for some reason I'm not hearing from them, which, you know, doesn't usually happen. But if I'm not hearing from them on, you know, if it's five days on day four, I'm going to reach out to them. And this is after, you know, you've already reached out to them maybe on day three and made sure they got the proposal or day two. And just I want to make sure that you got the proposal and see if you had any questions, uh, you know, or just some I'm really or thinking about your wedding a little bit more. And I'm wondering what you think of this photo. So that's an easy way to interject, asking them if they've reviewed your proposal by saying, hey, I just want to make sure you don't have any questions, or if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. But I also was dreaming about your wedding, and I saw this picture, and I thought this might be interesting as well um, for your arch or for a centerpiece, right? I loved how this, whatever in the picture, would really accent your wedding. Or I found these bud vases. Whatever it is, you're, you're also saying, I'm still dreaming about your wedding. Who out of all their wedding vendors is still dreaming about their wedding? Nobody. Nobody's dreaming about their big day like they do. So you can show them that you care, that you are dreaming, and that you are excited about being their florist, so much so that you were dreaming about it. So putting an end date to your pricing and saying, I have your name on the date, because then that's an assumptive close. I am saying I've already put your name on the date and I will hold it there for one week or five days, whatever you want to pick. And then 
please let me know before then um, so I can, if you went a different direction, so I can open that data. So that little assumptive close, for one, gets them to take action faster. They're not twiddling their thumbs and reaching out to other people. And if they are, then maybe they're not your couple because you have delivered such an experience during this that it's just un unmatched. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you. I absolutely love uh, doing episodes that are on pricing and and really just perfecting your sales process because I think that is such a critical component of making your floral business successful. And I hope you feel um, that this episode was helpful. If you do, please screenshot this and tag me on Instagram at The Floral Hustle with your biggest takeaway. I would love to hear that. And I appreciate you so much, friend, and hope you have a great day. Friend, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. If you found value or today's episode was helpful, please head to your podcast player of choice and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every week of new episodes. And while you're there, please go and leave a review. Reviews are so important for getting this message out to all of our other flower friends. Also, if you are wanting additional support, head on over to Facebook and join the Floral Hustle Facebook group, which is a place for like-minded floralpreneurs wanting a more aligned and more profitable floral business. Flower friend, have a fun-filled flower week.